Welcome to this episode of Sound Bites, a podcast series produced by the National Psoriasis Foundation, the nation's leading organization for individuals living with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. In each episode, someone who lives with psoriatic disease, a loved one, or an expert will share insights with you on living well. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to our podcast and join us every month at SoundBites for more insights on understanding, managing, and thriving with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. My name is Corinne Pettit, and I'm here today with renowned dermatologist Dr. Ronald Presick, who is the medical director of Washington Dermatology Center in Rockville and Frederick, Maryland, which specializes in the treatment of psoriasis. We're here with Dr. Presick today to talk about the treatment side effects and the real possibility of experiencing such side effects. Welcome, Dr. Presick. Many people voice their concerns and fears about treatment side effects, whether it's real or perceived. Let's talk a bit about the common potential side effects by treatment categories. What topical treatments are more likely to have side effects, and what are the most common to occur? Thank you very much for inviting me. Well, in terms of topical side effects, the most common topicals we use are topical corticosteroids, and they have a lot of different strengths. So the main point there is to make sure that if you're using a strong topical steroid, you avoid using it on the face or the folds because you can get skin atrophy, acne, and other issues uh, that will affect your skin. So just knowing the strength of the cream that you're using, the topical steroid that you're using is very, very important. If you're using a retinoid, it can be irritating to the skin, so make sure you just get it on the spot and don't put it elsewhere. Sometimes people can get irritation from uh, topical vitamin Ds as well. So those are the most common side effects we see with topicals. Okay, how about light therapy? What are some of the more common side effects and what can be done to minimize such effects? Well, I think with light therapy, um, most likely people get a burning sensation or a sunburn sensation. So the idea there is to slowly increase the dose uh, over time. Let your doctor know if the light, the last treatment was too strong so we can cut it back. If you go on any medications that make you light sensitive, make sure you let uh, your doctor's office know so they could um, lower the dose. And so those are the main things. Okay, well, you may have already guessed my next question about orals. What and how severe are the side effects associated with oral treatments such as methotrexate, cyclosporin, or a PDE4 inhibitor such as a premolast? Well, methotrexate is a commonly used medicine for psoriasis, but it does have cumulative toxicity to the liver. And patients with psoriasis have an increased risk of fatty liver disease and even the more severe form of liver disease called NASH. So we want to be very careful uh, using that in people with that condition or other uh, issues like obesity or diabetes where there's an increased risk to having liver problems. So it causes cumulative toxicity. So that means that the longer you're using methotrexate, the more the damage it'll do to the liver. With cyclosporin, it affects your kidneys and causes high blood pressure. And it also causes cumulative toxicity. So for that reason, for cyclosporin, we use it for short periods of time just as a rescue therapy, but we don't use it for long-term use. A premolast causes uh, gastrointestinal problems, especially in the early two weeks of use. It can cause some diarrhea and nausea. Uh, a little 
pearl is to avoid using a premolas with caffeine because caffeine can also exacerbate the GI side effects. So staying away from coffee and tea and caffeinated drinks during those first two weeks would be helpful or at least minimizing that. Um, Patients with depression might get an aggravation of their depression on a premolast, but rarely. Okay, and how often do these side effects occur for any of the treatment options that you've spoken about so far? Well, with methotrexate, uh, it, it affects almost everybody's liver. So we expect it to happen. And the more you're on methotrexate, the more the risk there is. And same with cyclosporin. Almost everybody gets the uh, kidney and the blood pressure problems. So, you know, we we definitely um, know these are going to happen. We have to monitor with lots of blood work and testing. Um, and with a premolast, uh, it's not that common. Probably about 15, 16% of patients can get the GI side effects, and about 1% can get a worsening of their depression. Okay, so moving to biologics, which we had a lot of questions about, can you please identify some of the more common side effects associated by types, such as TNF alpha inhibitors, IL 17, or IL 23 inhibitors? Well, all of them increase your risk of an infection, all the biologics. So if you're prone to chronic infections and you need a lot of antibiotics, let's say you have chronic sinus infections and you're, you're getting antibiotics a lot, you might not do well on biologics in general. With the TNF-alpha inhibitors, they specifically are not indicated for people with severe congestive heart failure, multiple sclerosis is a problem, or uh, systemic lupus. Uh, you'd want to stay away from uh, that particular class of drugs. Um, If you have um, uh, Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, you wouldn't want to take interleukin-17 drugs because that can be uh, exacerbated or reactivated. And uh, with the interleukin-23 drugs, again, uh, if you have chronic infections, tuberculosis, opportunistic infections, uh, you want to be careful on biologics in general. Okay. And there seems to be a lot of fear about the risk of lymphoma or other types of cancer associated with taking biologics. Can you speak to this fear? What's the real possibility? Well, this is probably the biggest concern that patients have that we discuss with about before we go on biologics. So patients need to understand that the psoriatic disease in itself does increase your risk of lymphoma by three to eightfold higher than the general population. So most of the studies that we look at, these long-term safety studies and analyses, show that that lymphoma risk is still elevated about three times higher than the general population. So patients need to know that the disease itself does increase the risk of lymphoma. And what about if someone has a family history of cancer um, and is expressing fears about going on a biologic? What would you say to that individual? Well, I'd say that if they have a family history of cancer, that um, it depends what cancer it is. Some cancers have a higher uh, genetic risk than others, and it depends whether it's your brother or sister versus your parent. So it just it's an individual thing, but most patients who have family history of cancers can still safely go on biologics. Okay. Uh, what about the individual who has a personal history of cancer? What treatment plan would you consider? Well, if you have a personal history of cancer, it depends if it was an invasive cancer or an in situ cancer. Usually, uh, we will contact your 
oncologist and get their approval before we start any treatment. Generally, in the European Congress of Rheumatology looks at a five-year time span. So if you've had your invasive cancer more than five years ago, that's considered safer than if it's within the last five years. But as a general rule, we'll ask the oncologist and get their uh, perspective of whether or not it's safe to go on a biologic. So considering all the information about side effects, uh, what should the conversation be about the risks versus benefits of treatment? Well, people need to understand that having severe psoriasis is risky in itself. So we have data to show that you have more than 10% body surface area. Your risk of mortality is higher than if you have less than 10% body surface area. We also know that you can die six years earlier from heart attacks and strokes, and there's an increased risk with systemic inflammation of fatty liver disease, depression, and osteoporosis and other comorbidities. So people need to understand that there is a risk of not treating their disease as well. And in closing, what do you feel is the real probability of treatment side effects? Well, I think now with the new biologics, they're really designed for long-term use. So we can actually give people this with a lot of confidence, especially now we've been using biologics for more than 20 years, and we have some long-term safety data with some of them to show that overall the standard mortality ratios improve over time in people on some of the biologics. So patients need to know that um, these biologics were designed for long-term use, and they can be used safely uh, because we have that data. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. It was a lot of helpful information. Well, thanks for inviting me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sound Bites for people with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. If you or someone you love has ever struggled with psoriatic disease, our hope is that through this series, you'll gain information to help you lead a healthier life and inspire you to look to the future. Please join us in a couple weeks for another inspiring podcast. You can find this or all future episodes of Sound Bites on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and the National Psoriasis Foundation webpage. To learn more about this topic or others, visit psoriasis.org or contact our Patient Navigation Center at 1-800-723-9166 or email education at psoriasis.org.